So there's been a lot of talk of fake meat and grocery store meat and grass-fed regenerative meat. And today we're diving into a pretty heavy topic of maybe fake meat isn't such a bad idea. Do you agree with us? Listen and let's talk about it. Of the soulless version of food versus the soul-filled version of food. Uh, I'm really here just to facilitate because Drew has most of the thoughts on this that I think are revolutionary, revolutionary. Um, and yeah, super excited to be here. I hope you enjoy the conversation. And I just want to remind everyone, we have thoughts, we have ideas. We're always open to learning. So please share yours and help us learn. Hey, friends. Welcome to the Schoolhouse Life, where we answer your pressing questions and share useful tools for creating your most fulfilling, self-sufficient family homestead. We go back to basics in all things family, faith, and farming, and we're eager to teach you what we've learned, everything from growing a garden to earning an income to living a less toxic and more nature-based lifestyle. We're thrilled you're here and hope you leave inspired to live your life as a schoolhouse too. Okay, so one disclaimer for those of you watching this on YouTube. If there are any people watching this on YouTube, <laughs> Drew's got got a, a fly zapper behind his head, <laughs> which we didn't we didn't notice when we set up the camera. But we're just gonna run with it. Yeah. Um, it's that time of year. Flies are everywhere. That's the benefits of watching it on YouTube, which actually you get is to see flies. Yeah, maybe you might hear them. The recording, but um, it goes zap zap. I think that's a perfect segue into how foolish we were to plan a chicken slaughtering on Friday, which then is also, I mean, we're slaughtering our own chickens. The perfect segue into talking about lab-grown foods. But Are we going to address the foolishness? Because I feel like we got to start there. We got to start with the foolishness, yeah. The foolishness whoops. was that we were extremely whoops distracted. I don't like to say we're busy because that insinuates that it's out of our control. We chose to do a lot of things. Well, one when of the we main first got of, chickens. Hold on. Okay. When we first got chickens, which meant that I wasn't paying attention to the food rationing at oh, all. Okay, there we go. I had other things. We have raised a lot of batches of broilers, and I kind of made the assumption that our feeders <laughs> would be I'm shaking more, my head vigorously more concerned about how much food they got <laughs> that he's insinuating that our 12 and 14 year old would be rationing and seven year old well seven year old uh, no, yeah. and paying attention to how much and when and yeah no they just do what they're told so we still have gone through roughly the same amount of feed just over a much longer period of time <laughs> so thus landing us for a July slaughter of these dinosaur-sized chickens now, which is going to be its own fun thing because I like to bring the chickens in about four pounds. <laughs> and these guys are probably going to be like six to seven. I mean, I'm less worried about that and more worried about it's the hottest weekend week weekend of the year. Well, it depends on where you are in the world. So it's going to be like 98 degrees. <laughs> and because it's God's Ball country me. down here in the south, It'll probably be 98% humidity also. Yeah. And I'm very excited about that. I enjoy hard work in the heat. So. Which brings me back to the flies. One the flies. one potential outcome is to have a lot of flies. Yeah. Probably so. will have flies. So anyway, that's what we're doing. And why are we, why in the heck are we doing that when we could just be growing our meat in a lab? That would be easy. 
I feel like, it, which brings us into, we could also just buy our meat from the grocery store. Okay, so I I was, um, I, I think the, the like world I live in, my circle, is all in agreement that lab-grown meat is not ideal. Like lab-grown foods, you know, GMOs, we're sort of all in that camp. At least the people I listen to or see in my feed or you know, talk to in person generally are all kind of on the same page there. And I was a little bit blown away to be in an event and meet somebody who, you know, I would have thought the event was like an herb based thing. And I would have thought the person would have like everyone there would have sort of been on the same page too. Um, But just in conversation, it came up that their particular stance was that lab growing meat was really the, the way to support the, the population. And that was, I, I was a little bit taken aback <laughs> by that. And it wasn't, you know, I think we had a, we had a certainly. Uh, heated discussion. Heated discussion. But I think we both left not uh, angry at each other, which I think is normal, right? Like we should be able to have those conversations and get with people who make us have those conversations and challenge us. Um, so it felt, it kind of felt good to have a conversation with somebody that I didn't agree with and not, you know, storm away angry i mean i don't generally storm away angry from i like heated discussion so i i did reassure the person you do like storming away angry also no i don't <laughs> thank you for misleading our <laughs> listeners but i don't i don't feel like that's true of me um but i yeah i don't like to walk away from a good conversation that is very true um and it was a we've good got a lot of good bargains from this <laughs> from not walking away from yeah. a good conversation Anyway, I so I was a little bit like, oh, wow, I didn't know there were people who were really like kind of all in on that um, idea. Um, you know, and he had some valid points. Um, but none of them, I guess my my ultimate and then I'm going like, to just pass the buck to Drew because he's got a lot of good thoughts on this. But my ultimate thought really came down to as I sort of considered it as as like the weekend progressed, I started think like, OK, what how do I really feel and why do I really feel that way? Um, so, I mean, just the idea of making food in a laboratory just is fundamentally feels wrong to me. And I was like, okay, but why is it, why do I feel that way? And, you know, what is some like backing? And fundamentally, I think it comes back to this idea that we've already tried that. We've already tried it and it hasn't worked because I think what we've already tried is we tried manipulating nature to grow in our squares, right? And we've created these systems of agriculture that we called more efficient, more scientific, more, um, more productive and we've been doing that and it's not working it didn't work and so what i really think is that the laboratory method is the next step on that path and i say let's retract from that path altogether because it doesn't work and all we're going to find out at the end is that it doesn't work for a variety of reasons for nutrition reasons for soul reasons for earth reasons for you know environmental reasons um it just it doesn't serve the people, even though it sounds great. It sounds smart. Even I, I, I think sometimes what works on paper, you just can't know how it doesn't work in real life. So anyway, that's, so, I that's mean, kind that, of what I came back to. Yeah. And I think that kind of segues perfect into like our thought of like, as we started discussing it more, it's essentially the natural evolution of our food system. Though. Like, and that's like within our, I don't know, echo chamber. It's the natural or the unnatural? Um, natural, the natural in the sense of 
Yeah, the next step. Not really now. I feel like natural is yeah, not the... How else would you say that? I don't know. There's a word for no. that, but... The evolutionary the, step? I don't, I the don't know. clear next step. The is, clear next yeah. step. Like, everything about... Okay, what I was going to say. The trajectory. The, yeah, the tra- tra- the natural trajectory. Um, <laughs> not natural trajectory. <laughs> everybody within our um, echo chamber, maybe, yeah. of people agree that or think that lab-grown meat is wrong however within that same group of people a lot of people go in and buy the 99 cent a pound steak or the four dollar okay so i did want to warn people i'm here to facilitate (laughs) so i know that we can come across as really like uh preach preaching preachy maybe um and i that's certainly not what my intention is i think i know what i believe and i kind of am constantly trying to to make sure what I believe has foundation. And so I don't, I usually have a reason like I usually, and I usually can spew that off and that can come across as kind of dogish dogmatic. I don't know, but um, I'm here today to say that Drew's going to say a lot of things that maybe are a little bit like implicating that we're, we're slackers. I might be offensive, but I mean it in the best kind of way. <laughs> I, and I've been thinking about it for myself because yeah. like in, I think meat is an easy one to pick at. Um, but really you can go in the grocery store and pick on anything. And the reality is that the majority of the food in the center aisles of the grocery store are lab grown foods. Well, we've point. been making compromises towards convenience for a long time. So yeah, that trajectory is going to move to more towards convenience, more towards compromise. And that's what lab-grown meat is. It's a bigger compromise and a bigger convenience. Can we say that like cereal is lab-grown food? I mean... Oh, yeah. I mean, at this point, yeah. Like, I mean, like when I started thinking about that, like popsicles, like you go in there and get like a push pop. That's a lab-grown product. Right. Like there's nothing natural about that like our, no we, foods we or had a israeli yeah. um intern and over the week and he was like his biggest letdown of the united states <laughs> was gatorade he, he had no idea how bad it tasted well he said all my sports teams drink it and i drink it and oh it was such a huge disappointment yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and i just couldn't help but laugh hysterically because I drank it yesterday because I felt like I was super dehydrated and, and I, the first sip I was thinking was going to be so refreshing and it was still the same disappointment, Mm, but I think it was refreshing, Um, but that's a lab grown product. It's not real. So there's a, I think that we're almost victims like hashing it out a little bit more now. I think we're almost victims of a war of, um, big ag. Versus the well, lab, it's not even like I don't even know how much brand. agriculture is involved in Gatorade. You know, like no, I mean with the meats. Oh, like, sure. Specifically with lab-grown meat. Oh, I think well, there's a, do you think cattle it, farmers are big backers? Well, actually, so that was the irony with the person who I was talking to is that those people who went in and destroyed the Amazon to grow cattle are now saying, "Yeah, that didn't work." So here's what we're going to do next. And I'm like, wait, wait, wait. Maybe, maybe they shouldn't be the ones deciding what we're going to do next. Right. I mean, maybe we should, you know, take the reins back and say, yeah, no, you guys have put us in a really terrible position in mm. a, globally and you don't get to make this next yeah, call. I'm afraid we already cut the reins off the horse. There's no no going back from uh, this one. 
Anyway. So, I mean, that, that's gotten us to the point where I think that, you know, back to the 99 cent steak, like, that is a product that has had every effort to be produced as unnatural as possible. From mm. the way that the cattle are raised, from what they're fed, the antibiotics they're injected with, the chemicals mm. that they're injected with right. when they're processed, the way they're processed, the chemicals that are sprayed on them when they're processed, the chemicals that are sprayed on them when they're packaged, well, the and they're packaging treated. that they're in, yeah. all of that, like from start to finish, from birth to consumer, is an unnatural process. And it's a conveyor belt. Right. It's a conveyor belt. The effort is to produce the exact same product every time over and over again. And why would we not? Then, then why do we all of a sudden get well, upset? Not only say, that, you get a package of meat and how many cows are in that? Yeah, package? like the average one pound of ground beef is like over 100 cows. I think it might be like a thousand cows are in one package, you know, like that's nuts. And so like now we stand in the grocery store upset that the next step is like they said, hey, let's take the cows out of it and we'll just put well, it all in and a And it lab. sounds good. I mean, if you're any kind of like care about the animals then you're like right. yeah of course let's take the animals out i of mean it. to me i'm kind of at the point where i, I kind of agree with that like right. why are we making cattle suffer if your choice is between right. this one uh one uh, almost atrocity versus this other atrocity right like yeah why would yeah, yeah. the lab grown is less of an atrocity to me than the the CAFO lots mm. But Ooh, that one, that one kind of stings a little. Yeah. I mean, that's the reality. Like it brings the meat section closer to the rest of the grocery store. Right. You know, well, here's what I also see too. Now is we like, can sell Gatorade we, and quote yeah. unquote meat. Mm-hmm. And it's the same product. You can make them both in the same factory. Well, and we're all happy to sing circle of life, right? We're all happy and like, yeah, that's so true. Like everything goes around and comes around and there's this beauty there. There's nothing cyclical, cyclical, circular, cyclical, anyway, about cyclical, cyclical, there we go, about lab grown meat. There's no cycle there, right? Like you bring in a product, you turn it into something else, I guess. I don't, I don't even know. But then there's no cycle. But it doesn't return. Right. There's no, potentially no, but here's what we're we're eradicating. Those cows in the CAFO lot are not having calves that are then raised up. Okay. But like one of the detriments of eating food, that's not real food. So like you eat junk food, it fills you up. You don't eat other food. You're missing this opportunity for nutrition, right? So it's not just about having the bad nutrition. It's about missing the opportunity for getting something in your body that's doing good. And so that's what I see in both of these scenarios is we've got this opportunity to do good because cattle are a part of the ecosystem cows are a part of the ecosystem ruminants grazing um building topsoil like all of that is a part of the ecosystem in both of these methods we're not only creating a void we're creating a place where we're missing an opportunity to fix what's broken to heal what's what's sick and so that's really for me like okay our role here is to be a piece of that cycle. And if we are not, if we're separating ourselves and, and literally putting walls around the things that we contribute most to our ecosystem, it's only causing further damage. And 
we may not know fully what that damage is yet, but we'll learn over time. We will. And it will impact our health. It will impact the health of our environment around us. We cannot fix environment outside of environment. It has to be fixed from within because it has to be a part of this, this, this cycle, this pattern, right? And so I think that what I most oppose to about the, the lab-grown meat is that it is giving us this out from nature that what we need right now is to connect more to it. I mean, why we're sick is because we aren't there. We aren't meeting it, we aren't in communion with that as much as we ought to be. So I don't know. I like, well, I, I think, I think uh, another element to it though, is like to be the, uh, to be the fake meat advocate um, is that with the CAFO grown, we're also consuming an animal that is sick, that has suffered. And I definitely think that there's ramifications, spiritual ramifications Oh, absolutely. Emotional ramifications well, even the spiritual, like missing, missing of like, okay, the process of participating in the raising, growing, rearing, feeding, and then even slaughtering of an animal, which, you know, like, that's a big ask, right? Like, sorry, I don't want you to eat. <laughs> I don't want you to eat lab grown meat. I want you to raise and slaughter and all. Yeah. Like, yes, I think that there is an integral part of our society, culturally speaking, spiritually speaking, health speaking, that people are lacking that has to do with that that interaction it absolutely has to do with saying eh that's icky i don't want to do it and then being able to to say that and still live that's it's not it's completely for me, unnatural for me that's where i say <laughs> i feel like i'm making friends with everybody uh for that like vegans and vegetarians i say like good on you like if you say gross i don't want to deal with death and animals or I don't want animals to suffer. I'm not going to eat them. Right. Then good on you. Like, I think that's great. You know, like, right. No, you have to make, better. that's a conscious yeah. decision of like, I can't handle that. So I'm not going to participate. I, I have much more respect for that than someone that goes in and says that and then buys a 99 cent steak. Yes. Because it's clean, neat and tidy. Right. Um, but I mean, the spiritual void of just not participating and not being willing to participate in that. Um, I think is a really like we're feeling the repercussions of that in so many different ways. We're feeling it in, in um, you know, psychosis and, and depression and um, disconnect and feeling separate from and like searching for those feeling those um, those highs and lows with like the scroll or whatever. You know, I mean, there's so many different things, I think, that are repercussions of, of that separation that, you know, if you get back to it, if you come back to that and you you I mean, ultimately suffer through that too. It's not a fun day. It's not like I'm like, oh yeah, I can't wait till chicken slaughter day. Like, and there are some people who are like excited about being a participant in that, but I think it's because ultimately they sense that that's what would be good for them is to yeah. feel that, to experience that and to know the whole picture and to, and to be a participant in the whole picture and take responsibility for that on some level. So anyway, Yeah. I don't know. This is a really big topic that I think is pretty near and dear to us and probably a lot of you as well. Um, but I do think that there's, I don't know, there's controversy where there shouldn't be controversy and there's answers that are very uh, industrial answers. Um, that I don't, I, like, to me, I think that the thing is that it, fake meat is not going to feed the world. Well, that's the, that's that, the, that's the like big selling the argument. Yeah, yeah. It's like, we'll just make enough in the factories. And, and like you have said, like, the more that we as humanity say we are not part of nature, we are we are controllers of nature. Mm -hmm. um, well, you know, essentially, in some ways, like God, stand aside. 
we've got this. Right. We can, we can do this instead of looking at us as part of a complex ecosystem. Right. Then, well, the irony to yeah. me is I think that's what's happened with our medicine too. Right. right. We've gone yeah. from ta- like, well, okay, well let's make this in a, in a factory because I can capitalize on it that way. I can make as much as I want yeah. and I'll make a medicine that it can save the world. But where are those medicines? Because I mean, you know, if you know people who need medications, they're not cheap. You know, they're like not, they're, they're not, not really healing super people. accessible and they're certainly not bringing the healing that they are hoping for either. And for the most part. So, yeah, I mean, it's like, OK, that's exactly what we tried to do with medicine and it isn't working. So that I mean, that's my ultimate argument is like, I don't understand why people are surprised that that's where me the is. next step. Yeah. Like to me, it just. It's the natural. Well, I think it's a little bit. It's the shock of like the chat GBT too. It's like the same length of like trying. It's almost like a replication of something that before needed a soul before you needed a soul to write an article. Now you don't before you needed a soul to have meat. That's if you're operating under the assumption that chat GPT doesn't have a soul. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Which refer back to our chat GPT podcast. So it's like these huge leaps towards a soulless living that is, it just, I think it's real sketch. I mean, in some ways, like it just like, if you're making the argument that. Is it really living anymore? Cattle in a CAFO lot have a soul. Like, why are we not more up in arms about, I mean, have you seen I'm so up in arms. I raise my own meat. Yeah. Because I. Yeah, I'm not participating. I go in that. up there and free all the cows. I mean, should. it's like, oh yeah, it's heartbreaking to see. And someone told me one time they saw a cave a lot of buffalo, and they <gasps> said that was like next level. Is like the ultimate free roaming animal was like. Well, I remember at some point somebody said you can't get buffalo that was raised in a, ca- a cave because they can't live like that. Yeah, apparently they're doing it. They somehow. figured it out. But it was like, and to me, it's like, well, hopefully they figure out how to grow buffalo in a lab so that we don't have to have buffalo suffering like that oh yeah i mean it's just such a big topic i think i mean so the the i feel like we can't end there we have to (laughs) end with a solution and Um, our solution is to connect with farmers yeah like Lacey said not everybody can grow their own kill their own but you can connect with farmers that do mm. you know on on a small scale and and, and people will say well i'm too I, I don't have enough money for that. Right. And, you know, I get it. I do. We, you know, inflation is a real thing and we are. But here's, here's what I'll say to that is if you don't have enough to that and you're buying the 99 cents steak, you're funding the next step, which is lab grown meat. So get ready to be a vegetarian and a vegan or prioritize meat from real animals grown by real farmers. Yeah. Um, that, yeah. might, that might be a, a harsh statement, but I think that's the reality of it. I mean, it's the same thing of like, you know, us buying the cereal in the grocery store aisle. Like I was just talking with um, Steve, Chef Steve, mm-hmm. about like, you know, he's trying his hardest to source all the products from locally. But like, I mean, how hard is it for us to like know where our salt comes from, know where our sugar comes from, know where our flour comes from. Like, well, and I mean, we've talked about this before, like the whole, like, okay, but I'm going to prep, I'm prepping, I'm storing it all away. I'm saving it all up, which, you know, there's some amount of wisdom in having like a stash, but there's more wisdom in just finding the source. Right. 
and And there's people like he's masterfully like i thought i was really good at it but he's like next level well it's always comforting when you find somebody who's more obsessed with yeah because you're like really oh thank heavens i'm not the craziest person in the room but because of that like he makes a maybe we can reverse this you know like I don't think the answer is in the grocery store. So in some ways it's kind of like the fake meat is like irrelevant, you know, like it should be a wake up call as to the way we're headed. But the CAFO lot beef should have been a wake up call too. For some reason, you know, you stash it away in the Midwest and you don't have to look at it or think about it and you just buy it, fry it up, hook it up. And well, it it goes back to the sterility, the sterile, the sterile element that we've been pursuing for so long, right? Like, it's just, okay, I want everything to be clean, 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 clean. And life is not in the clean. Life is in the dirty. Life-giving things are in the mess and the gross and the hard. And we want things clean, convenient, and easily consumable. And that is not not where the life is. So how can, you know, I, I don't think, like, I think Drew's right about like, you know, saying your, your step forward is to connect with your local farmer and, and, you know, look here, maybe it's not a whole or all or none situation. Maybe it's a, look, I'm going to do better for one meal a week and one meal a week is going to be wholly whole, wholly soulful. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think like that is our most magical meals is when, and mm -hmm. I feel like we've been working at it for years and years, but like, you know, with the, with the food club now, like there's sometimes mm-hmm. where we sit down to dinner and we're like, we know every piece of this meal came from somebody that we know, like right. we know, not just, we know them like from the grocery, from the farmer's market. We know them, like we know their kids, we know their, what they're going through this week. You know, like, mm-hmm. I mean, we are connected to them on a community level mm-hmm. and, um, that, and look, that takes work. <laughs> it takes I'm gonna, so much. It work. takes a lot of work. Yeah. But the work is that, again, is that messy part that's absolutely worth it. And um, I mean, you know, we're obsessed with community, but that is the part that I think we've we've shut. It's that, you know, I was talking to somebody the other day about, you know, business in general. It's hard to get people to show up to things. They want you. They don't want to learn anything like we're just overwhelmed with information. And um, what we really need is just to reconnect because we've given up so much to this idea of convenience, you know, like our groceries show up on our doorstep. We don't interact with the person at the register anymore, which, you know, I know three quarters of the people who work at our food line too, not like so intensely, but pretty well. I recognize Um, their face. I recognize their face. I know their name. I know where they live. I know their kids. Like, so there is an element of like, we give that up when we, when we don't just go to the grocery store regularly. Right. Which is maybe what we do. Maybe maybe your goal for this week is to just not have the grocery show up at your doorstep or not order one thing on Amazon and go to an actual local store and pay a little more and take the time to know somebody. Um, I don't know. Like it, it just is one little thing at a time. And sure, we take advantage of conveniences sometimes. We do. Um, and I think our goal is to make more of an effort not to do that to do that you know less and less of that um and honestly the truth is like the less of that we do the easier our life becomes because you know we were talking about oh we're going out of town who's going to take care of the animals um and we had like a laundry list of people who were like yeah i would do it you know and that's a big deal and we also you know just know we have the support of if we need something those people will show up and 
that's a huge relief too. Well, and those people know that we'll show up for them also. Yeah. You know, like I'm working on like, I think, I hope they know that. Yeah. Yeah. Working on making more talent. So I'm like talking with our beef farmers about like, you know, that thing. And like, I mean, they know that like we are fully committed to getting beef from them or getting, you know, chicken or whatever vegetables. Like it's this reciprocal community aspect that's mm-hmm. just missing when you go to lab grown food because the reality is lab grown food oh, it's not just lab grown it, yeah. it was missing before that but well, yeah it, they don't care like you know if people buy 12 burgers they'll make 12 burgers if they you know like it's not like a farmer is growing a cow and that cow needs to be i think the real so like going back because lab grown meat has been happening i think the real controversy starts with them not labeling it as lab grown mm. And I think that the truth is, if you can't tell the difference, what Drew's sort of saying is what difference does it make? Right. Because, you know, the difference is in knowing your farmer. The difference is in eating one cow at a time. The difference is knowing the full process and seeing the cow before it dies and being a part of the process of it dying. And, you know, the same with chicken and same with all the other meats that we eat. You know, I think um, that is true. Like, what difference does it make? If if you look at the counter at the grocery store shelf, like, I think it either is has equal, equally bad ramifications. Yeah. So it's crazy. Or or good, I guess, depending on how you look at it. Because we are not the end all be all and we do not have all the answers, nor do we claim to. And if you want to seek outside expertise, please do. <laughs> like that's our disclaimer. Uh, um, <laughs> but um yeah, this is where we land. If you land in the same place, you know, tell us about it. If you don't, tell us about that too. But um you're probably listening because you do. Yeah. Hey, if you don't, I'd love to. I'd love to hear your reasoning. Why hey, you, if you want to be on a podcast and argue, maybe we should do oh, that. That'd be super fun. Wouldn't yeah. that be fun? Let's talk about it. <laughs> um, Not argue. Have yeah. a discussion. Arguing is okay. Arguing was never. Yeah. I don't that'll know why it's never negative the next podcast. Is arguing okay? <laughs> is arguing. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, thanks y'all for listening. I uh, hope you're not leaving too feeling too heavy about this conversation, and maybe you, you have a little hope about the future. Um, but we'll, uh, you know, stay connected. We'll talk to you again soon.